Welcome to the Mean Moms Podcast. I'm your host, Joanne Kraft, author of The Mean Mom's Guide to Raising Great Kids, and I'm so glad you're here. You know, I believe motherhood is the hardest job on the planet. You're not meant to do it alone. Every mom needs her own cheering section. On the Mean Moms Podcast, you'll hear from other moms just like you. You'll be inspired, encouraged by their stories, and I'll be your personal parenting coach running right alongside you. So when you're feeling weak, you'll find strength here. When you fall, we'll pick you up, dust you off, and remind you of the high goal of parenting, to raise respectful, independent, God-honoring adults. Us Mean Moms, we're a rare breed, and we know something you don't know. Mean Moms, raise great kids. Welcome moms, you're listening to episode eight, Break Free from Busyness, today on the podcast. Today, I am asking you that $1 million question that sometimes we don't ask ourselves until it's too late. How busy are you? Really? How busy are you? You might be saying, you know, Joanne, that is the dumbest question I've ever heard. How busy do you think I am? I guess that might have been my answer if I were listening to that question when my kids were a lot younger. But even now, life gets busy. I mean, you have to think, how could life not be busy when you have kids? That might be the better question, but it doesn't have to be that way. And honestly, there's an old saying uh, years ago, and maybe it was probably given to a mom from a grandmother's perspective. And that is, you need to stop and smell the roses. Stop and smell the roses. And it's hard to do when you are running a hundred miles an hour every single day of the week. And I totally get that. So I thought I would share with you 10 reasons that I personally knew I was too busy. There's a great quote by Henry David Thoreau, and he says this. It's not enough to be busy. Even the ants are busy. The question is, what are we busy about? Because I think a lot of times we want to make our child's world uh, even better than ours was when we were young, or maybe we are uh, enticed by friends who say, this is the best thing ever. Your kid just has to be involved or Maybe you feel guilty because you're a working mom and you think, well, you know, I'm not home enough, so I'm going to let them do this, even though I know it's going to be a burden on me. It's almost like we uh, punish ourselves uh, with mom guilt and say yes to things when really we need to say no, because when you think about it, it isn't these busy moments that we're going to remember. It's the quiet moments. It's the moments that just happen. Uh, They just evolve. They are special. They are blessed. And they are becoming fewer and fewer with, you know, the bullying of technology and of so many other things that distract us just from the important things. I just remember being just overwhelmed because I thought I was being really good with my kids because I said, you know, I only let them each do one thing, but one thing 
becomes two things, or I always notice that even if I let them play a sport, so let's say it was soccer, well, soccer season, I'd look at the calendar and I'd go, well, soccer starts on this date and it ends on this date. Then sure enough, the coach would say halfway through, oh, hey, we have a tournament that's two weeks after the end of the season, and then we're having an all-star game. So that end date became longer and I became more frustrated and I didn't want to say no. And I learned as my kids got older to tell the coach ahead of time, hey, on this date, we're done. Just a little FYI, just for my own sanity and to create boundaries that put my family first. Because as much as I love my kids playing sports, I think there is great value in exercise and them being outside playing or playing a team sport, definitely in lieu of being on their phones or in front of the television. I also know how quick all being on teams can like pull you away from those things. And it's important that you already have those boundaries set before you get involved. I had kids who got invited to birthday parties. And at first, you know, it was really sweet because, you know, especially with your first child, they, they bring home the invitation that's stuffed in their backpack and they're so excited and you're excited and you take them to the little birthday party. And then next thing you know, all of your weekends, as you have more children are filled with more birthday parties And then you realize you're taking your kids to birthday parties and you don't even know these kids and your kids really don't even know these kids. And it's like, okay, why am I making these obligatory birthday parties a necessity on my calendar? And so it just, it helps to know it's not mean to say, you know what? You don't really know Brayden or Brody or Dallas you don't know any of these kids very well, and we're going to be a family on Saturday. So you know what? You can bring a gift to school for him, but you're not going to his birthday party on Saturday. So it's okay to have those limits. So I think it's also important to know you are really treading on dangerous ground when you look at the calendar and you start saying to your husband, okay, if I can just get through next week, or next month, or this summer. If I can just get to the end of the summer, I can breathe again. I can't wait until I'm done with this month. I can't wait until this is over this season, this year. The dangerous part of that is that we are wishing away precious time. And that is so incredibly sad. We're wishing away time. In the grand scheme of things, there are so many people who would give so much some of them everything they have, to buy back time for themselves or for a loved one. It really does hit home for me when I start to think, oh goodness, I'm wishing away time. And that's, that's to me, very dangerous ground to stand on. So I came up with 10 reasons why I knew I was too busy. When my kids were uh, all in school and when I was ready to lose my ever-loving mind. Uh, I know God has given us only so much time, and I was realizing it was a windstorm and firestorm, and it was crazy, and I felt like I was drowning in all that I was doing. So without further ado, here are my 10 
reasons. Reason number one, I was a runner. I hate running. Running in a marathon is an unspoken dream for many women. Hours of grueling training, pushing to the point of exhaustion, only to focus on an unseen finish line. No, I don't happen to be one of those women. Oh, I love to cheer on anyone who's dedicated and self-disciplined enough to achieve their goals and accomplish their dreams. But the idea of running until I'm nauseous, lungs burning, and sweating like a boot camp recruit doesn't appeal too much to me. As much as I detest running and despise even the mere thought of it, would you believe I'm known for my running excellence? Each morning when I wake up and throw my legs over the side of the bed, somebody slaps a paper number on my back, laces up my running shoes, and shoves me into a bulging crowd of ladies who hate running just as much as I do. That someone is me. And from the crack of the starter's gun, I'm off. You know, I begin slow, pacing myself, make lunches in the morning for the kids, throw in a few loads of laundry. Moments later, my stride still steady, I drop each child off at their school destinations. Keeping the pace, I run my errands for the day, go to the grocery store, drop off mail at the post office. I mark off my to-do list. This is when I start to feel the burn. I pick up speed when the kids get home from school. Homework finished, once again, we quickly race out the door. This is where I hit my stride. My kids join me in the race. We sprint together from one after-school activity to the next. And just like you, I love my children, and I want them to have a joy-filled childhood. Experiencing team sports, community theater, choir, voice lessons, dance lessons, they're all a part of that joy, aren't they? Reason number two that I knew I was too busy. My kids thought all meals came with a side of fries. Okay, so I may be exaggerating a little bit here, but I will admit this. My children have eaten more fast food than ever passed by my lips as a child. When my eight-year-old daughter could recite the dollar value meals at McDonald's with more accuracy than her times tables, I knew we had a problem. On my last lap of the day, it was just a whole lot easier to speak into a clown's head, drive forward, and have a complete stranger hand me dinner in a paper bag. Whether I was working full-time or now as a stay-at-home mom, there wasn't a big difference in our fast food runs. TV and magazines scream about American children and their battle with obesity today. I wasn't helping my kids at all. Fast food was a poor substitute for a home-cooked meal. Not to mention, I knew we were missing out on some great memory-making moments. When I was a little girl, it was our family practice to have dinner together every evening. If my dad worked late, mom would wait on him before we sat down together. We'd eat as a family. She didn't feed us four kids separately. We all ate together, or we didn't eat at all. That's just how it was. Precious memories were made in that tiny little kitchen in San Lorenzo, California. One evening, when we were very young, my pea-hating sister, and that would be sweet peas, my sweet pea-hating sister Jennifer was ordered by my dad to eat all of her peas on the plate, and we knew how much she despised those little green balls of mush. In silence, we watched the very first episode of Fear Factor 
Family Edition. She was the opening act for dinner and a show that night, and as she ate a scoop of peas, she'd drink her sip of milk to wash it down. What she was really doing was spitting her peas into her milk. Not the brightest idea when you're drinking out of a clear glass. Eventually, the tiny mountain of peas towered above all her milk. And when Dad figured it out, she got in even bigger trouble and was ordered to drink her milk peas. I admit it. I laughed until I cried. She just cried. When my parents purchased our first video camera, the inaugural taping of the six of us eating dinner together, figuring out the new tripod, it was a sweet time. We balanced this huge by large camera atop of it, carefully placing it in front of our oven to catch every moment of our Friday night pizza dinner. I belonged to a group of hopeless comedians who thought it was pretty funny to place large black olives in front of their teeth and talk into the lens. 25 years later, this video makes us all laugh. And what a wonderful future blackmailing tool in case any of us ever want to run for office. Around this white oval kitchen table with a little tin pot with these plastic daisies that my mom put inside of them. Oh goodness, we had such a great time. Sure, we had the occasional heated argument and quite a few tears were shed around that little oval kitchen table. But with all of us grown and gone now, I'd give anything to eat a meal together around that table again. Reason number three that I knew I was too busy. My minivan ran on fumes. You can take number three on my list, literally or figuratively. I'll leave it up to you. The definition is the same. When I was going, going, going every day, I was more than tired. Is there even a word for more than tired? No, exhausted doesn't even come close. Of course, it didn't help that my body was fueled with breakfast on the run and dinner in a bag. And if you think we spent a lot of money eating out, you can imagine what we were spending filling up our gas tank every other day. Reason number four that I knew I was too busy. Something unspeakable was growing in my shower. Thankfully, I am sharing with you about how to break free from the bondage of busyness. If you were here to pick up a few house cleaning tips, you'd be in big trouble. I have never claimed to be the Alice Brady of the home. And yes, I know Alice's last name was not Brady. I watch more of those episodes than I could care to admit. Sure, I love a clean house. I just don't enjoy the work involved. I believe with my whole heart that cleaning tile grout is a tool straight from the devil. And when you sit at our kitchen table, your forearms will more than likely stick to some unseen foreign substance. And I wouldn't even be surprised at all to discover Amelia Earhart in one of my closets. Even with less than stellar house cleaning habits, I still wanted a home that was somewhat in order. I didn't have to be able to eat off my bathroom floor, but being able to open the front door without dying from embarrassment, was a plus in my book. Stumbling over dirty laundry, scattered toys, and tripping over an umbrella strategically placed in the middle of the hallway in the middle of the summer was enough to set me off. When I was busy, those things I should have been doing, I wasn't doing at all. And when I wasn't getting my chores done, as you can imagine, my over-occupied children weren't getting their chores done either. Reason number five that I knew I was too busy. 
I titled this one, Be Very Afraid. I was irritable all the time. And my family can vouch for this one. If I'm tired, hungry, hot, they know to tread lightly. No, I'm not proud of that. It's just the truth. My darling husband saw the near markings of the perfect storm one summer day a few years ago. And while traveling out of town, the temperature soared. There were lots of to-dos on our list that day. It was well over 100 degrees, and our air conditioner wasn't working. I'd forgotten my purse at our last stop, and traffic was bumper to bumper trying to get back. I was hungry, tired, and it felt like my body was aflame. Not one of my shining mom moments. Busyness became a trigger for explosive outbursts from me. Reason number six that I knew I was too busy. Chopsticks on our back deck equaled a romantic night out. Don't let the title confuse you. This has nothing to do with Chinese food. When our children were small, this really was us. Paul was going to law school during the day and working full-time at night while I was home caring for the kids. Not really your recipe for romance. With four children under the age of nine, we didn't seem to have a moment to brush our teeth, let alone find time together. As much as we enjoyed listening to our daughter play her saxophone, her favorite tune, Chopsticks, it didn't seem to fill the need for a little romance. When you're busy, your marriage gets a back seat. And that is a recipe for disaster. We need to find time for our husbands. They need to be first before soccer practice, before sports events, church events, anything like that. We need to make sure that we are taking time for him. And if we're not, then we need to find the time. If we're having a hard time finding the time, It's important that we talk to our spouse and say, hey, help me find some time, because I really think even you just suggesting that would probably make his day. Reason number seven that I knew I was too busy. Parent guilt. My wallet's worst nightmare. Parent guilt is well known among both moms and dads. I experienced this phenomena, most especially when my kids were young and I was working full time. Since I was miserable being away from them, when I was home, I would say yes to just about anything my kids asked for. When we're out shopping, I was even worse. Quantity had replaced quality. Disney movie? Sure. Barbie doll? Okay. Scooters, roller skates, large farm animals? Go ahead, kids. Get two. I was buying my children, throwing money at a hole in their hearts that could only be filled by time with their mommy. Buying them wasn't working. And their behavior was reflecting that. Buying our kids stuff they don't need is incredibly easy. It's very easy to do. And when we do it when they're young, they expect it when they're older. And dollar store gifts or tiny little trinkets in their McDonald's Happy Meals do not uh, make them as happy, let me say that, when they're teenagers. And so we need to stop that early. It's not wrong to give our kids things. It's not wrong at all, but it's wrong if it is fueled, if our reason for giving is fueled by mom guilt. Do not let mom guilt be the reason you pull out that credit card because mom guilt is never, ever, ever extinguished by buying your kids stuff, ever. 
Don't feel guilty when you say no. It is not mean to say no. Reason number eight that I knew I was too busy. Chaos was my closest friend. My life had become a cluttered, confused disarray of disorganization, jumbled with a messy, mixed-up, muddled mess of topsy-turviness. Say that ten times fast. Gone was our home sanctuary of peace for my family. When you're living like this, it's hard to convince your husband his home really is his castle. What's his incentive to spend time at home when work is more calming? It was difficult to have a relaxed conversation with Paul about his day and almost impossible for our kids to study, get their homework done, in the middle of a storm of chaos. Our family life suffered. The kids' schoolwork suffered. It was difficult to see the light at the end of the tunnel. When I was running from place to place, I'd often wonder what I was running from. Was I purposely staying away from my home? The one place that should be my peace from the storms of this world? It had become just one more added to-do on my list. And that stressed me even more. Reason number nine, that I knew I was too busy. Humming Jesus Take the Wheel on the way to a Girl Scout meeting counted as my Bible study for the week. How many times had I made excuses for not having time with the Lord? It was heartbreaking when I stopped and thought about it. I was making time for everything else before I would give one single moment of my day to the very one who'd given me all of mine. Seven days without the word makes one week, I'd heard a woman say one time. I didn't really appreciate it very much then, but I knew it was true and it was becoming visible in my own life. I considered Bible study by country radio station completely acceptable. I used every excuse to put off opening my Bible. How many times had I missed out on godly encouragement, a treasure in scripture from the Lord just for me? It would have made my day so much more bearable. I disciple women through my website, discipleshipforwomen.com. It's also known as graceandtruthliving.com. And one of the things that I really encourage through the women I disciple is we, we really need to create that habit each day. For me, I have to get up pretty early to make that happen. I, I know that you are busy, but you shouldn't be too busy to spend a little time. We spend time exercising. We spend time reading something that's going to help us online. But why is it that we neglect our spiritual side, that part of us that needs to be revived first? The more you are taking that time, the more you'll crave that time. And I remember years ago uh, when my kids, like I say, were little, so I get you. I understand completely how hard it can be. I remember this woman saying to me once, well, if you're not having time with the Lord each day, what is blocking your time? What's standing in the way? And I gave her like a thousand reasons. And I, hey, they were good reasons. And she said to me, well, Joanne, if you don't have time, ask God to give you some. And I thought, okay, lady, really? Does God really care to give me that time? So I put her to the test. That next day, I prayed and I said, Lord, I just don't see where I can fit you in 
in a sit-down, one-on-one kind of way. So will you open up a little time for me today? And sure enough, that was the day that my son took like a four-hour nap. I mean, I seriously thought there was like a gas leak in the house. It was so clear to me. You know, I, I started asking him, give me a little time. And he did. So don't be afraid to ask the Lord for the very time he wants to spend with you. Because once that connection is made, it's kind of like being on a plane, right? They say, if the oxygen masks fall down, you are to take the mask first and then give it to the little ones. This is exactly how I view my spiritual life. So I get filled up first and then I can be poured out because you can't pour out and empty you. You need to be filled up first. And speaking of first, the number one reason I knew I was too busy. I blinked and my daughter was grown. There is nothing more disturbing than walking into your little girl's room to watch her play with her baby dolls, only to step away for a moment, walk back in as she grabs her car keys, rushes past you, out the door and out of sight. Enjoy every moment. They grow so fast. I cannot even tell you how many times women told me that and it used to irritate the heck out of me. And I've become that woman now. That oldest child is now grown and married. I think of all the reasons and ways and things I wish I'd done. I wish I did. And I have to get away from that because I know that I was the best mom I could be. I know that. But man, it goes by fast. It goes by so very fast. What is that saying? The days are long, but the years are short. It is incredibly true. And busyness, it just robs us. It steals these moments. It has no, no, oh, I should say like no soul. It has an appetite that is never satisfied for your time, ever. If you go into the Gospel of Luke, tucked inside chapter 10, verses 38 through 42, you'll find a story of two women, Martha and Mary. I should say two sisters. Martha and Mary were friends of Jesus. Can you imagine that? And in the Bible, God says that we are his friends. And I mean, that that is just the coolest thing ever. Martha and Mary were having a gathering, a meal. They'd invited people over. And Jesus was one of the people, one of the guests. Well, in that portion of scripture, you see Martha. Actually, she's the only woman on record that basically tells God what to do. She tells Jesus, Jesus, why won't you get her to help me? And Jesus said, Martha, Martha, He says Martha's name twice. Okay, so just a little side note here. If you call your kids twice, you you know that's not a good thing, right? But Martha, Martha, he says you're distracted by many things, but Mary has chosen the part that won't be taken away from her. When you look at those words, the word distraction, distract, you know, Martha, Martha, you are distracted 
by many things. In the Greek, that word distracted is paraspaho, and it's the only time you ever find that little word in all of the New Testament. And I find it fascinating that it is used, Jesus uses it with a woman. And he says, Martha, Martha, you are distracted by many things. And distracted, paraspaho, means that you are drawn away from what God has called you to. Being drawn away. And distractions, there are a million of them. A million of them. But our job is to diminish, basically erase as many as we can and keep our focus on the important things. Keep our focus on the things that matter. Now, with that said, that does not mean that, oh my goodness, you listened to the podcast and Joanne said, uh, I really have to focus. I have to be present for the important things. And I am going to play with my child for 12 hours straight every day. Please don't do that. That's called um, crazy. And you will be burned out in about an hour and a half. Some of you have kids. It'll take only about four minutes. That doesn't mean that. I'm not guilting you into spending every single moment with your kids. What I'm asking you to do is to take a true evaluation of what's drawing you away and think about those things that actually could get tossed aside, things that you could say no to. So how do you know if it's something you shouldn't be doing? Well, there are three things that I look at when I make a decision now about spending my time. The real question is, how much is it going to cost me? Now, I'm not just talking about money, though that's the first one. There's a couple others that I use as well. So how much is it going to cost me financially? How much is this thing going to cost me? How much is me or my husband going to have to work to put this money back into our bank account? Can we afford it? Does it make sense? I know out here where I live in Tennessee, and I know I'm sure wherever you are, it's expensive to have your kids in travel sports. And that just kicks up the cost by a lot. When we moved here, we had our youngest son and he played travel soccer for one year. He is the only one of all my four children who actually did that. Because one, he loves soccer. And two, he was the youngest of all my kids. And those of you who have grown kids and a youngest one, you understand this. You do become a different parent as your kids get older because actually you have a little more finances to play with. Money. How much is it going to cost you really? And do the real math. Do the real math, mom. Uh, How much in gas? How much in uniforms? How much is it going to cost? What is it? for the curriculum or the, you know, all those things, equipment, think about the money, write it down. How much is it going to cost you in time? I mean, real time, you know, we sign our kids up for things or we do things and we go, okay, it's two days a week from four o'clock to five 30. Well, that's not a problem. That's 90 minutes, but that really is wrong. It really, you're not there uh, miraculously at 4.30. This isn't a Star Trek. You don't have like a transporter that's going to miraculously, you're going to arrive there. 
So really, it's probably about 4 o'clock, not 4.30 because you got to go there or even if you live close, 4.15. And, you know, though it goes till 5.30, sometimes you get to talk to somebody for a couple minutes. And by the time you get home, yeah, it's 6 o'clock. So that 90 minutes is really two to two and a half hours. So how much time is this going to cost you? And how much time is it going to take away from your other kids? You know, sometimes one of our kids can be pretty gifted when it comes to athletics, when it comes to dance. How much time are you willing to take away from your other kids to pour into the one? Because I promise you, I promise you this, there will be trouble when they get into their teen years and one of the kids sees an exorbitant amount of, mo- amount of time poured into one and not the other. And so how much, is, how much time are you willing to take away from the other siblings, from your husband? How much time? How much time? How many Saturdays? I mean, I haven't even done the math, but I guess what if we have 52 weeks of the year? Well, I guess that was easy. We have 52 Saturdays, 52 Saturdays. That's all we have. And a couple of them are holidays and a couple of them are Mother's Day, Father's Day, birthdays. But so maybe we have about 40 Saturdays. That's not a lot. How many are are you willing to give up for little Johnny's birthday party or Susie's birthday party? How much time? The third one is this. How much influence? are you willing to give? Whatever your kids are involved in, they're being influenced by. And that's not always a bad thing. Uh, You know, that, that overused statement, it takes a village. It is true. That's one of my biggest prayers for my kids now is that, you know, Lord, please put around my children people who will guide them well. Please uh, put other people, let other people's words be loud in their ears, people who can encourage them. My son Samuel is a senior this year in high school, and he just, I mean, he's just finishing up his year, and one of his coaches just gave him a book. It's called The Millionaire Next Door, and it's an old book, if any of you maybe read it years ago, and it's just really about the simple things about how to be smart with finances. You know, don't spend more than you earn. Live simply. You know, a lot of those those time-tested truths. This coach is just so kind and so encouraging with my son. He always has the sweetest words. Soccer with this coach, his assistant coach, has been a a fantastic influence of my son's time and of ours. And how about those times when we let our kids do something and the influence is less than helpful? You know, when they hang out with the, the kid that just is very entitled And you'll see this more when your kids become teenagers and you will know exactly who your child has been hanging out with by how they act, by how your child acts when they get home. If I could wrap up all that we've been talking about into one takeaway, one bit of wisdom that you can walk away with today, it would be this. Don't let someone else Put to-dos on your calendar. Don't hand someone else a pen or give someone else your iPhone and allow them to pull up that calendar and take away your time. 
Only you have that permission to do it. Only you. That means coaches, in-laws, kids, their demands on your time are only what you allow. So when they ask for something or they put a lot of pressure on you or they try and manipulate your calendar or your time, you don't have to answer immediately for one. It's always okay to say, you know what? I'll get back to you. It's totally fine. Don't feel like you have to answer every time right then and there. Say, you know what? I'll get back to you. And if they pressure you, then say, you know what? If, if you need an answer now, it's no. I know that when I was raising kids and my husband and I were, you know, parents obviously working on discipline and kids would ask me for things. How, how did that used to work, right? When before cell phones, when you had a phone on a cord, they, as soon as they saw you talking, they immediately wanted to talk to you or ask you for something. And Paul used to tell me, Joanne, your default answer is always yes. Your default answer needs to be no. And that was very helpful because I think with kind of coming in on our time and, and those things that want to crowd out our days on our calendar, we need to be okay to say, I'll get back to you. And if you're going to need an answer now, it's no, that's totally fine because no is a full sentence. No is a full sentence. Pucker up and say, no, mom, you can do it. Spend your time wisely. Psalm 90, 12 says this, teach me to number my days that I may gain a heart of wisdom. I have mentioned this one before, and it is near and dear to my heart. Time is a one and done commodity. We can't save it, but we can invest it. If you want to see time grow, invest it in those you love. Thanks for joining me today. Please take a minute to rate, review, subscribe, and share the Mean Moms podcast. And like I told you at the beginning of our show, I created a busy mom assessment that you can download on the show notes today, episode eight. Share the PDF with your friends and help one another learn to slow down together. And remember, it's not mean to refuse to sign your child up for soccer. It's not mean to say no to dance lessons or voice lessons or swim lessons. It's not mean to keep the peace in your home. Remember, mean moms raise great kids.